When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Inner Source Healing Podcast, the program about healing from toxic abuse. My name is Deborah Ashway. I'm a mental health therapist and a licensed clinical addiction specialist, but I also have been where you are now and have experienced the devastating effects of toxic abuse. It has been a long journey through the path of healing. But when we finally awaken from the trance that we so easily fall into around toxic people, life can be absolutely amazing. It's like you can finally breathe, live, and experience life in full, vivid, extraordinary color. I want to help people get there by healing from dependency, codependency, trauma, and abuse. The healing process brings us through long-standing perceptions that have held us back from experiencing a more fulfilling and meaningful life. What happens when you finally figure out the narcissist's manipulative tactics? But actually more importantly, what happens when they know that you finally figured them out? You've been a great source of narcissistic supply, but you finally figured out that you've been dealing with a narcissist. And when they realize that you see this, there will be backlash. That is because they know that they will be unable to fool you much longer and they won't be able to continue to siphon their narcissistic supply from you. Your awareness of their manipulative tactics now interferes with their addiction, which is the supply that you provide for them which is attention, admiration, power, and control. Remember those four things. Those are the things that feed the narcissist. Attention, admiration, power, and control. If they don't have that, they will be in withdrawal. And think about what that means to go into withdrawal. Consider an alcoholic who is cut off from alcohol or a drug user who is cut off from drugs. Once the supply is cut, they are left with unmanageable pain. And that pain can be so overwhelming that they will literally do anything to get their next fix. A narcissist's supply of power, control, attention, and admiration is no different. Withdrawal from that can be so overwhelming to them. And it can cause them to do drastic things. And you're going to see a radical transition, meaning that they will likely jump immediately into another relationship to stabilize their inner world. Or you might see narcissistic rage, which looks like pure evil. Look out for smear campaigns, for verbal abuse, for emotional abuse, for mental and even possibly physical abuse. And of course... Look for the victim mentality. All these things are going to show up. The stress of being around someone with toxic traits is enough 
in and of itself, but that is likely to increase drastically, even more when they realize that you see through the cracks of their facade. The pathological disorder of cluster B personality traits exists on a spectrum, so no two will be exactly alike. Their reactions will vary, but there are commonalities and patterns that you can expect to see when the jig is up. The bottom line to all cluster B personality disorders is their weak sense of self, supported by a superficial and false ego. To anyone along the spectrum, from borderline personality disorder, narcissistic, histrionic, sociopathic, and even psychopathic, the most important thing is supplying and maintaining their ego or their false beliefs. And that means that they cannot make real connections with others. They only see others as a means to feed their fantasy of what they created about themselves. They are addicted to the supply of power, control, admiration, and attention. And they're dependent on external sources for that. And when that gets cut off, or when there's a threat of that being cut off, you're going to see their darkest side. There are things that you can expect to see. Love bombing might be the first to appear. And love bombing is when they want you back and they think that they can continue to fool you. So you're going to be flooded with compliments and if they are the kind that, you know, wine and dine you and give you flowers. You're going to see the appearance of flowers. You're going to see them doing all the things that they haven't been doing, but that they had promised that they would do. They might step it up around the house, start carrying their load of the workload or their share of the workload. You might see a bunch of promises being made, of what they're going to do, how they're going to change, all the things that's that they think is going to be different now. And they're going to just bombard you with how awesome you are and how much of a connection you have and how nobody's ever going to connect with you the way they do and all the things that they've done for you. So look out for that. Um, it, it's going to seem drastic. It'll seem a little bit over the top. So that's how you'll know it's love bombing. And that's how you'll, you'll know that there's some falseness to it because it'll feel good. It'll definitely feel good. This is how they trapped you to begin with. But try to keep in mind the term love bombing because that's how they trapped you. And it might not be genuine. It might not be as genuine as you think. Because remember, when they lack empathy, they lack connection. The other thing that you might see is victimization. You might go into the victim role. And the poor me and maybe their history of um, all the things that happened to them or they might start being a victim of the things that you've done to them your selfishness and your inconsideration or your emotions or your needs or on and on with the things that they're suffering somehow it all gets turned around to they are the ones that are suffering um, sometimes it might be illnesses and it might be a ploy to get you to take care of them. It could be very drastic. It could be, you know, threats of harming themselves if you don't get back with them or if you don't supply them with their needs that they've been used to from you. 
There might be devaluation. Look out for that because they're going to try to devalue you in some way. They're going to tell you that you don't have much worth and you're going to start to feel this more than anything. You're going to feel like you can't go on without them or you get your value from them and that maybe nobody else is going to see the value that you intrinsically have within you. They're going to make sure that you believe that you don't have self-worth or that you don't have value without them. Maybe that you can't make decisions without them. But in some way, this will be one of those that you can sense more than anything because they could be tricky with this one. Also look out for projection. What that means is they, they will project onto you things about themselves that their ego can't handle. And they might not even know that they're doing this, but they might call you selfish. That's such a common one. They might call you um, insecure. They might try to say that you have a lot of problems and that you need help. They might accuse you of doing things that they're actually themselves doing. Maybe they're cheating. They might accuse you of cheating. Maybe they're hiding money. They might accuse you of hiding money. Projection is any time that something that they're doing gets turned around and projected onto you. Um, also look out for a smear campaign against you. This is where they go around and they try to gather up their little flying monkeys or their soldiers to do their bidding. And so in order to do that, they have to discredit you so that they can, in their minds, gain credibility for themselves. So they might go around and start telling people all the things that you did, for example, in the relationship that you may or may not have actually done, or they might exaggerate some of the things that you did, but they want to make sure that everybody that they can gather will be on their side. The next thing to look for is discarding. If they have tried all these other things and all their other tactics haven't worked, they will discard you. And the reason behind that is because they have to be the ones to do the discarding. They can't be discarded because that would shatter their ego or their false sense of self and everything that they've created about what they believe about themselves. So if they feel like they're being discarded, they will quickly turn that around so that they are the ones that do the discarding. And they might go on, if you're in a relationship, a romantic relationship, they might go on and quickly fill your role with somebody else. And then you've been discarded and they might want to rub that in your face. Or if you've gone on and moved on because it's gotten so bad and severe, they're still going to find a way to try to make you feel discarded. They have to in order to support their ego. So what do we do with all of this stuff? What to do when you finally figure out the tactics that they've been using against you and you finally get out from under the fog, which is the fear, obligation, and guilt that they have maintained over you in order to continue controlling you so that you continue feeding their supply, what do you do then? The first thing to remember is trust your gut. We all get away from it when we're in a relationship with somebody that's toxic because that's one of the first things that we let go of is we can't even trust ourselves anymore. We start to lose sight of that. 
the decision-making becomes much more difficult because we're conditioned to believe that they have to make all the, de the decisions. Decisions that we have made independently usually have had severe consequences from the narcissist. Any independent thoughts have had consequences. So over time, we learn to rely less and less on our own intuition because of the consequences, and we start learning to depend on them, on their decisions, and what they want or see or experience. We've even been told that our experiences aren't accurate or that our memories aren't accurate. So trusting the gut is something that we actually have to get back to because usually the people that are in relationships with cluster B personality disordered individuals, the people that are in those relationships are the ones that do have empathy and do have intuition. They kind of go hand in hand. So we have to get back to trusting our gut and believing in ourselves and believing that we do have the ability to sense things. So get back to that. What is your gut telling you? Are you feeling and sensing that something is wrong? If so, feel that. Where does that feel? What does that feel like in your body? Get to the core of that. Your brain might be telling you something else because, like I said, we're conditioned to buy into all the stuff that they have been feeding us as far as our inability to trust our own intuition. But just suspend that for a second, just long enough to go, where do I feel this? Like, this feels like a strong sensation. I think something is wrong. Go with that. When you do that, the next thing to do is to distance yourself. Sometimes this isn't always possible. Sometimes it's family members or parents or we're in a job and it might be a coworker or a boss. Or we might be in a relationship that we can't yet get out of. Maybe there's financial dependence or maybe there's children or other reasons. But begin the process of distancing yourself, at least emotionally. Take a step back. Become an observer. Watch what happens. Try to recognize when your emotions take over. Try to label that. And then try to take a step back and go, you know, I'm just going to watch this for, from a distance for a second. I just want to see how this is going to play out. Observe the tactics that are being used and observe your own reactions. But disengage from the interaction that the narcissists will try to pull you into. There is no reason to fight back. There is no reason to defend yourself. There's no reason to prove to them that you're anything because they're not going to see it anyways. Emotionally distance yourself. Quit relying on them so much for validation and realize that they are flawed. I mean, all humans are flawed. We all are in some degree or another, but just try to realize their flaws. Once you've observed this long enough to see that they actually have a very weak ego, it becomes their opinion of you becomes less and less important. So put some emotional distance between you and the toxic behavior of the other person. The next thing you can do is discard any hope 
of closure. So if you distance yourself and you decide to go no contact and you want to end the relationship, that's really the best idea. That's the best thing that you can do if possible. But when you do that, just keep in mind that you can kiss any hope of finding closure away. There is no such thing as closure with a narcissist. People talk about closure as if it finalizes things and somehow puts the relationship to rest. And maybe in some cases, but with a narcissist, this isn't possible because with a narcissist, closure is only more opportunity to regain control of you. So consider the relationship finalized the moment you decide to cut it off. That's your closure or the moment that you are discarded for a new source of supply. That's also your closure. It will hurt. You'll have to get through this. You'll have to do some healing. You'll have to feel it. You'll have to let yourself feel the pain. There's other podcast episodes that talk about that. That's a real big, important part of the healing process. But keep in mind that if you say, oh, I want to have some closure on this. I want to go back. Maybe just one more text, one more email, one more phone call, one more meeting. That is your codependency talking. That is your need to reconnect and get just a glimmer of hope from it. But please keep in mind that people with cluster B personality disorder or people with toxic behaviors, closure is actually not, it's not a real thing. Make the break, get away, make a clean break if you can and remove yourself and the quicker you do that, the quicker you will heal from all the damage that has been done by being around somebody like this. Your, your anxiety will decrease, your depression will decrease, your decision making will increase, things will be clear, things will start to come, you'll start to enjoy life more, you'll, everything around you will start to feel like like alive, you'll start to be able to enjoy, you'll find humor in things, you'll see colors and sounds and you'll actually enjoy life. So the sooner you make the break, the sooner you can heal. Lastly, reclaim yourself. The ultimate goal is to reclaim yourself, restoring back to you who you are at your core, becoming or re-becoming your authentic self getting back to soul. And that's, again, where you're going to find your joy. Um, There's going to be more podcasts about reclaiming yourself because that's a long process too. It is. Give yourself some time. Please be patient with yourself. Please forgive yourself for anything that you might have done, any situation that you might have found yourself in. It's really easy to go to that self-blame. But just recognize that you did the best you could with what you had and with the situation that you were in. Please stay with me for more podcasts. We'll work through this together. A lot of us are healing from toxic relationships. Thank you for listening to the Inner Source Healing Podcast. It is important to give yourself the self-compassion that you deserve and remember that your feelings matter. If you want more information or want to contact me, please visit my website at www.innersourcetherapy.com.